All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Love what you're doing. You'll never work a day in your life. Do you actually believe that? Uh, uh, I can't. I don't know because I I'm not in a position where I feel <laughs> like so I sad. don't work every day. Well, I mean, it's uh, now I have it a lot better than a lot of people too. I'm right. Not saying that. I just think at the end of the day, yeah, maybe you know what? Maybe if you are working a nine to five, you're there's a certain amount of you know, I need to do this. I just know that uh, there are certain things I do love to do. I don't necessarily do them for a living, but like even the things I love to do are really hard work sometimes. And the things you love, yeah, it's not always, you know, roses and fireworks. It's just really idyllic. And I think it sets a bad example for what's to be expected from life. If you get this job that is supposed to be like what you're supposed to enjoy. Like mm-hmm. by all accounts, you and I have jobs that are supposed to be more enjoyable mm-hmm. than your average desk job. And they are, but right. now they're what we know. And so if we have a bad day, are we supposed to feel guilty for being like, I wasn't ever supposed to work a day in my life. No. And actually there's a whole like movement about why following your passion is so stupid. Interesting. And, like, because you know, your passion might not be something that you're, working hard at your passion might be i don't know it it just might be something that might not necessarily be fruitful or maybe it's your passion because you enjoy it but once you start doing it all the time it's not your passion anymore because again you're like oh this was something i did every once in a while and really enjoyed but yeah and just like the pressures of having to achieve and deliver through that thing that was your hobby that's right that's a yeah that i think would be the number one thing is god now i need to crank out all these shelves or, right i used to or, love building shelves yeah or building guitars or building you know whatever it is or writing poems or whatever it might right. be i think exactly. gen- generationally also that's something that really separates us from our parents generation and then certainly even then so a little bit more mm-hmm. with people older than us like we were all told you can be anything you want to be decide something you love and then go after it um do something you love you'll never have to work a day in your life and mm-hmm. then so many people are like baristas to supplement the thing that they enjoy, right. but it's actually making them miserable. Meanwhile, our parents worked in banks or in offices and then they came home and loved their lives. Yeah. There wasn't this expectation to love their job, just to do it and to do it well. Right. And there certainly wasn't this expectation to like be grateful to have a job. No. And the whole Instagram thing has really fucked stuff up too because people are like, my passion is to travel. So yeah. here's photos of me traveling all over the world with like, how they did it is beyond reason. You know, how much debt are you in? It's privilege. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, anytime yeah. you see this list of things, like to make sure you do these before you're 30, yeah. travel to India. Well, <laughs> right. never mind the money Yeah. Uh, or the, you know, the, the courage it takes to go on an adventure by yourself, some explore, self-exploration thing. Uh, where did you get the vacation time? Yeah. And when you get back, you know, I, I understand that traveling can be very enriching. Yeah, you've traveled. Yeah, but... But at the end of the day, it's not like I I must travel again. And, you know, you got to you got to learn to live day to day in the same place. That's right. Yeah. I don't really have a wanderlust. No, no, not so much. I wonder if that's like bad, if that's uncultured to say. Yeah, I don't think so. OK, I think if it's a, <laughs> if, if anything, it's kind of refreshing to hear someone say that. All right. You know, I am, I am, I do. I'm full of my hot takes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Boo travel. Right. Travel sucks. Well, and like I've I've gone on all these family vacations to the same resort in Florida, and I love it there. And you have fun. 
Yeah, it's nice. And I, it's not to say I don't want to see certain places, but there are certain places which shall remain unnamed mm-hmm. that I have zero interest in going to. Right. And you don't have anxiety about how you're like, oh, we're going to the same place again. And that yeah. makes me feel like, no, you, you realize you enjoy it. Well, what would really be terrible would be to get to a new place and then it sucks. Yeah. Like we went on this big family vacation last year to Florida mm-hmm. and we rented this big uh, giant three bedroom condo for like all of our little families to to be together. And so it was a new unit in the resort that we're used to going to. Okay. And so there was some mystery there. Right. Oh boy, what's it going to be like? And when we got there, it was like horrible. Really? And then we realized about five minutes in, this is just the laundry room. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding. That's a true story. And the actual place was phenomenal. The actual place was great. But but for a second, we all had, because we had been traveling for 14 hours, everyone was tired, and there was a weird bed in the laundry room. So it was technically a four-bedroom place. Right. Like it was three bedrooms and a bonus bed in the laundry room. And so we got there, and there's this awful bed in the laundry room. We're like, what have we spent all our money on? Yeah. And then we all realized, and it was a huge relief, but there was this quiet <laughs> terror among all of us that we were going to have a horrible week. What did this place look like? It was like a, a hotel room, and the first room was a... It's they're like beachfront condos okay. in, in Sarasota, Florida, um, or uh, Siesta Key. And so you enter through the garage, and then through oh, the laundry room. okay. I understand how that could happen then. And then you go up some stairs, and you have these like nice, uh, like modern, beachy condos. Right. Excellent. Yeah. We think we're probably going to go again this year. Yeah, when will you go? Uh, well, we would normally go the first week of May, but I think I have to cover for uh, the boss that week this oh, year. Right. So maybe the second week in May. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. So like 7th to 14th? Thereabouts, yeah. Probably not like the uh, 15th through 20th. <laughs> <laughs> Are, is that when you're getting married? Yeah. Yeah. Which you, honestly, like if you told me, you were going on a trip. I would not. Uh, no, no, no. Fret what day is your wedding? At all. It's a Sunday. Which is what the, day of the... The May long weekend. What day of the year the is it? The 19th. The 19th. Of, of May. Okay, I'll be back then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, if you were like planning a trip. Sunday. Because we have the Monday, Monday off. is a holiday. I have to work all this out. The only reason we did that was because the Saturday, we, we wouldn't be able to get access until noon. Yeah. So this way we can get access the Saturday before mm-hmm. and start setting up and basically have everything set up in time. Right. Yeah. I just learned from you last week that save the dates and invitations are different things. Yeah, for some reason. It seems preposterous I think to me. so too. Yeah. We agree on that. Well, you do them electronically, which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, and honestly, it's just like, it was sake of ease. Neither of us are super, um, speaking of passions, neither of us are super passionate about planning a wedding like we we can't we can't wait we're gonna have a lot of fun but it's not one of those things where we're like oh this should be our invitation we're kind of just like "Eh, this yeah okay all right isn't jen kind of a planner uh yeah um jen's very organized right but neither of us really love planning oh okay and i also plan a lot of stuff too just through work yeah and yeah neither of us are about doing it at our off time <laughs> that's fair that makes yeah. a lot of sense when i last saw jen it was at the christmas party i said something about your wedding and she openly rolled her eyes <laughs> <laughs> yeah jen like anytime someone asks her like do you like wedding planning she's like no 
Yeah. Wedding planning sucks. I appreciate that because yeah. it's one of those things. And there are certain people who I was talking about this with another friend of mine today who who is getting married at the end of this year. Uh, like she was born to plan it. Like she loves it. Right. And a lot of people do. They really, and even if it stresses them out to the max, there are lots of people who it's the great joy to get to plan their wedding. Right. And other people, it's just like, oh, yeah. Well, goes. I enjoy planning this more than planning other people's weddings. That's good. Yeah. But I'm not like getting paid for this. No, I see. What yeah. do you have a side hustle planning weddings? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, man. I'm J Lo, baby. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any interest no, in but seeing I think I could plan anyone's wedding and sure do a pretty good job. Sure you could. You could be that Kevin Hart character who plans bachelor parties. You could be the best man stand in. You would be oh, great at that job. That would be a fun job. Yeah. Be like yeah. A, a best man for hire for dudes who don't have any any uh pals. You know what my other backup um job is which i learned about this week a baby sleep expert what? because what? just think about the gap that that would fill okay apparently Can... these these people exist what is it like they train your baby um how to get good sleep patterns and okay. also train the parents like just and the only reason i'm i'm it's not like i'm a you know a huge baby lover or like i don't have a connection more than anyone else i know you like kids i like kids yeah but i just think that people are so willing to spend money on their kids <laughs> <laughs> so right. and and like there would be so many people have kids mm -hmm. there's just such a market there for you know what it. i can picture i've painted a whole picture where uh some some new mothers are like talking at the playground and yeah. they don't know each other very well and they're just making new mom small talk and mm -hmm. one says to the other have you gone to Matt? And the other one goes, who's Matt? He sounds amazing. I also <laughs> picture them being like, one of my friends thought Matt was kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he came in and he was making weird jokes yeah. and then he was holding my baby all of a sudden. <laughs> he talked about it on his podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you hear about the origin story of the baby sleep training? He apparently talked about on his podcast. Basically the Caesar Milan, but for babies. That's right. The baby whisperer. But doesn't Caesar Milan like secretly uh, like kick dogs and stuff? It, wasn't there what? a whole like like video of him like doing these things to dogs to like intentionally manipulate them? I don't know. You may have just slandered him. So I don't know anything about this. It would be like if I was like like quietly like pulling the baby's earlobe or something <laughs> trying to. Right. There was a whole thing in Downton Abbey about how one of the kids is adopted, I think. And uh -huh. it's like and it's like. Uh, from a poor family it's got poor blood and they hire this nanny who's only nice to the rich babies oh, and she no. says horrible things to the poor baby who's still in the family right and then they discover her saying mean stuff to the poor baby and they fire her oh good yeah that crazy nanny got what was coming to her <laughs> also why did she care so much it's the craziest thing she like like she's this old lady in downton abbey and she like leans down into the crib and she's like you're nothing but a poor baby oh my god and they're like miss you're fired and also isn't she <laughs> isn't she like a servant yes oh she so has to she, be caught doing it it was kind of like self-loathing then too because it's not oh, like you're right there's an irony in her talking down to peasants yeah. because she's just a servant that's right yeah but that's the kind of the funny thing about downton abbey is so many of the wait staff are way snobbier than the actual family oh i see because they're so proper right and they have to be so like in line in particular right whereas they most of the downton abbey family are degenerates <laughs> oh really well no they're proper too but they've got all, a whole host of problems a bunch of bunch of issues that movie comes out uh in the fall Looking forward to that. Should I um, 
what do we think that movie's going to do? Is that that's not going to be like an Oscar winner or anything? Well, I don't, I, I doubt that very much. But it seems like they're going to spend some money on it. Like it's not just going to be the interesting thing about Downton Abbey is all the episodes were very cinematic and right. beautifully shot. And every season finale was like a ninety minute Christmas episode. Wow. So uh, ostensibly, every season had a movie in it. Was it a BBC show? Yes. Was there only like three episodes per season, kind of thing? No, like eight episodes oh, per season. Okay. And it was on for like six or seven years. So it's, it's a, a great heavier. watch. It's truly a great watch. Um, and I think this one, they're going to spend even like more money on it. But mm-hmm. I don't know if the story is there. Right. And a lot of the cast has left, haven't they? Well, they used, there was a time in Downton Abbey where they were happy to butcher people whenever they wanted. Right. Yeah. And Dan <laughs> Stevens isn't going to be in it, presumably, because no. he, he died. He died. Okay. He, he died. Right. His baby got born and then he died. Oh, rough. Yeah. Was the, and then they talk shit to the baby. <laughs> Actually, no, no, he's the rich baby. Right. That's what I was saying. He's an aristocrat baby. Okay. But they have I forget the context why there's a poor baby in the house, but they have like a a, a surrogate poor baby in the house. <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. Great show. Yeah, all right. I'm like I've heard it a lot and I I don't doubt that it's really good. I just don't know why we haven't got around to doing it. Uh, watching it. A moment ago you referenced the wedding planner as one does. Yep. Uh, do you have any interest in seeing Serenity? Is that what it's called? Serenity with McConaughey and Hathaway? I don't even know about this. Yeah, you don't because it um, it tested so poorly oh. that it just sunk. Well, why would I want to watch it then? Well, because they did a bunch of press for it last week. They like These two huge Academy Award winning actors had lined up a bunch of talk shows. Gotcha. And that was all the press it got. And so they talked about this movie quite a bit. And I was like... I want to see this movie, except it's gotten horrible reviews. So it's about, this is all I know, because it's kind of shrouded in secrecy. It's about Anne Hathaway has some kind of like pre-existing relationship with McConaughey, whether it's they used to be lovers or they used to be buddies or business partners or whatever. They have uh, drifted apart from one another. And she's now in another relationship, which is abusive. And she decides she wants to put a hit out on her abusive husband. So she calls up her old buddy, Matthew McConaughey, and says, listen, kill my husband and I'll make you rich or something. Is he a hitman? I don't think so. I think he's a drifter. But then she... (laughs) (laughs) Someone to trust. I think so. This is all I know. And I think he has like this moral uh, obligation to decide whether or not he wants to kill somebody who he knows is evil. Mm, Okay. Okay. And then there's a twist in it, I guess. But it's not a good movie, except I want to see it. That, That sounds okay to me. Exactly. It doesn't sound bad. No, I know. I could see how it would get bad reviews. It might find its own way, though. You know, sometimes movies do that. There are certain movies where you see the cast and you wonder, how could this possibly be so bad? Right. But both of them have made poor film choices in the past. Totally. Actually, she hasn't made a lot of bad movies. She made a bad choice by hosting the Oscars. That was... But I, I don't think that she was at fault in that situation. Can't we agree that Franco kind of left her out to dry in that situation? Yeah. She. Well, I mean, what did they expect from her? She's a dramatic actor. She can sing. She's... Right. You know, if if someone was supposed to have more of the comedy chops, I think it was maybe supposed to be him. And we learned that he didn't really have the like improv comedy chops to make it happen. No, he told this crazy story on Howard Stern about how he hosted the Academy Awards the same night he was nominated for an Academy Award. Right. He didn't win, which he was never going to win. Mm-hmm. The hosting gig bombed. Right. And he couldn't go to any of the parties or anything because he had to teach a class in New York the next morning. So he finishes the Oscars and gets on a plane and then goes to school at 8 a.m. the next day. Actually, I'm not even sure he was teaching a class. I think he was like in a class 
And he's just in the auditorium and everyone's like, didn't you host the Oscars last night? Yeah. <laughs> I was up until midnight watching you on TV across the country. The funny thing is there were definitely people in that class that skipped. Yeah, because they watched the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. Because they're acting people. Right. You're absolutely right. Anyway. Wow. Anyway, and then now there's no uh, there's no Academy Award host. Officially no host? Oh, yeah. There's going to be like... They're going to do a sketch with the Avengers or something. What? I know. They've got like... Yeah. That's what they got. That's awful. That's what it's going to be. Didn't Black Panther win Best Picture at the SAG Awards or something? Not the SAG Awards. Something. This week. Maybe it was a SAG Awards. Yeah. It won something. But the thing about the Screen Actors Guild Awards is everybody gets a trophy. They yeah. have so many awards. Right. They find a different, like, it's like best guy named Rami Malik. Yeah, in a but movie best picture year. is still best picture. Yes, but that, that's the thing. They have a bunch of best pictures. Oh, I see what you mean. So there's like best picture in a movie that rhymes with Mac Manther. Exactly. Okay. I was thinking about uh, the next generation of Marvel movies and what needs to happen because they're pretty soon going to start amping up promotion for captain marvel yes and that that i feel like they kind of have it's definitely picked up yeah. it looks good uh right after that comes uh avengers infinity war part two end game um <laughs> an end to infinity war yes that's supposed to go on forever uh spider-man uh, uh far, far from home i think it's called the next spider-man movie is coming out yeah. it's gonna be a good year for marvel but what they really need is for captain marvel to be good and here's why i worked through this in my head mm -hmm. if for the last 12 years uh the avengers have been led by uh captain america and iron man but mm -hmm. they've been the faces of this biggest movie franchise in history mm -hmm. the next generation after those two characters retire which has pretty much been confirmed the next generation has to be led by captain marvel and black panther because mm -hmm. that's the big deal. Right. So they really need Captain Marvel to be at least 85% as good as Black Panther to really excite people about what's to come in this next generation of Marvel movies. I think that's tough. I know nothing about the plot. Me neither. But just from seeing the trailer, I'm like, eh, it's not going to happen. But maybe oh. it will. It is a Marvel movie. They've got a lot of marketing money behind it. You have very little faith. You've grown cynical. I've, no, like you know what? Like I Here's a lukewarm take maybe. I think that uh, Into the Spider-Verse was a better movie than Black Panther. Oh, yeah. No, it, it, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, obviously it's going to win Best Animated Film. Oh, that's not obvious. That's not obvious? No, no. It won the Golden Globe. Who's it, who's it up against? Incredibles 2. Okay, right. Um, that's really its only, uh, which is interestingly also a superhero movie in a way. Mm -hmm, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's also like Wreck-It Ralph breaks the internet. Right. I don't think there's really a risk there. I just thought that it was so impressive. It was so it was so different, stunning, like stunning. There to was look at. so much going on yeah. visually, and it's and weird. I'm, I'm really happy that I took your advice, by the way. Which you said, I said, hey, you know, I I might have found a copy online of Into the Spider Verse, and you said, no, 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 yeah, you got to go to the theater to watch. That. I'm really glad, and like, there's such a, a there's so few films where I actually prefer to see it in 3D. Mm -hmm. And there's here's an example of a movie that's getting a lot of. Uh, positive buzz that I'm like, oh, I'm fully on board yeah. with it. You know, the hype didn't ruin it for me. I saw it, was still very impressed. It was so fresh. So fresh. It was so weird. It wasn't afraid to be weird. No, weird and, and kooky. Yeah. But it is very good. No, look, I totally agree that it's, I mean, it's kind of like comparing apples and oranges. It is a better film, or at least I certainly enjoyed it a lot more, and I thought it was more original than Black Panther. Mm -hmm. And and there's nothing, uh, we're not 
you know, stripping diversity from it. That's what I love no, about absolutely. this argument. Yeah. He's the, half black, half Latino. Right. Yeah. No, it's a very cool story. Um, I still think Black Panther, it's not that I necessarily even think it should win because I made my case last week that I think A Star is Born should win Best Picture, mm -hmm. which is never going to. Um, oh, I'd put money down on it. That, that it will win? On A Star is Born, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, just for the payout. Well, that's the thing. I was thinking, and that's what I was going to say, is I actually think there's no risk in putting 20 bucks on Black Panther. Mm -hmm. And I don't know a lot about gambling, but you know going in that it's so unlikely you're going to keep that money that you're not really going to feel sorry when that money goes away. No. But that $20 might be worth the cost of just quietly cheering for this little movie that could, yeah. which is not a little movie that could. It was the biggest movie of the year. But like, it's so unlikely. The odds are so stacked against it. And if you do put $20 on it and it does win, yep. that's going to be a big payday. Can I look at the odds right now? Yeah, absolutely. The only other time I've, I've like placed money on anything was last year's Academy Awards. And it was the same, uh, I had the same ideology about it. I put like 20 bucks on Get Out knowing it was never going to happen. <laughs> right. And it didn't happen. We did that, I think, because we both watched or both listened to a lot of Bill Simmons. Yeah, and he, he's it. like he always does the thing where he's like, "I'm making a case right here," and he's yeah. doing the same thing with Black Panther this year. The other thing about Bill Simmons is, as a sports person, when he talks about popular culture, he can he can convince me of anything. Anything he says sounds true. Really? Because sometimes I think he's the guy who who ends up saying things like, uh, "I don't know," like you know, just with all his rewatchable movies, he'll be right. like. Miami Vice was the best movie of 2007. That, that's honestly a thing he believes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, no, 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 no. Right. You're right. That's no, wrong. That is wrong. It's just not right. No, you're right. Um, okay. So I'm going into. Get on mic. Oh, sorry. Up. Yep. I'm going into Proline Stadium here. So this is like the Canadian uh, sports book for all intents and purposes. These are Vegas odds? Yes, they would be translated from from uh, the Vegas odds. Okay. Oh God, everything's football at the top because the Super Bowl is coming up. Are we allowed to say Super Bowl on the on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. If, Are we? If you're talking in passing, if you're talking about something that's happening, yeah, you're allowed to say Super Bowl. You're not allowed to use it promotionally. Oh. Yeah. There was that's actually the gray a. Area. Did you not see that email from Steve Jones? No. One got maybe Trevor just forwarded it to the staff and us. Okay. Maybe you guys aren't going to be talking about it quite as much, so no. Dan wasn't really worried about it. No. But yeah, you're allowed to say like, you know, going into the Super Bowl, uh, Maroon Five is playing the Super Bowl halftime show. Right. That you can say. That's without. so interesting because I really thought that like the word Super Bowl was off limits, which I kind of thought is like, that's kind of breaching some kind of weird legal uh, national censorship law to like outlaw a word. Right. Um. But just to be safe, I've been saying like the unspeakable football game happening this weekend, right? Which is corny, and people are like, "They're probably." I'm sure they're sitting in their cars going, "What are you talking?" Yeah, about? You're not going to get C and D for this, man. Yeah, yeah, you're not. You're not. You know what? I don't even think the odds are. Oh wait, novelty. February twenty fourth is the Academy Awards. They're still a little way out. Yeah, so maybe they're not up on Pro Line yet. I'm okay, sure I can find them, but we'll we'll skip. That I'm sure now. there are Vegas odds for these yes, for these movies. There definitely are. I'll look into it before our next podcast. Okay. I read about a guy in the States who, and I don't know how the lottery system works in his little small town in Massachusetts, but mm -hmm. he plays this lottery and he has for like 30 years and he's made about $24 million playing the lottery. He's a stats genius. And basically, and I couldn't begin to explain to you his system because it's so intricate. Oh my God. But basically he has figured out exactly the right number of tickets to buy per uh, lottery occasion. 
so that he'll always at least break even. So he'll buy like 13,000. Yes, he'll buy thousands of tickets at a time because he knows that if he buys that number, he'll at least break even and in many cases he'll win money. That's so much work. Yes, but he's made like $23 million. And he's like in his 80s now, and he just loves math. That's incredible. Yeah. There's a guy who's doing what he loves. Exactly. (laughs) And profiting. Except, how is that different from counting cards? Becky and I were talking about counting cards last night, Mm -hmm. and we were trying to figure out why it's illegal, and more importantly, how it's illegal. Because really, if you're you're just a smart person and you know how to do it, you can't suppress that, that wisdom. And it's really just being hyper aware. That's right. Now, I don't think you can really count. Like most of the decks now are like five to seven card stacks. So That's true. you have no idea what, what card you're getting. Like, That's true. It yeah. comes out of that little machine. That's right. Um, but I think back in the day, if you were just doing really well gambling, like if you were too hot, never lost, then the, uh, you know, the fuzz was kind of on to you and the, they'd take you out back and they, they did that on Cavendish this week. You're still watching Cavendish. Oh my God. No, I haven't seen, I haven't even seen the second episode yet. It's so good. Mark goes to the carnival. It seems like there's always something absolutely ridiculous happening in the show. Like there's always a main event. Oh yeah. Like, uh, so the first one was the beast. That was just one episode. Yeah. It's always something. It's always something different. Insane. So in the fourth episode, I think Mark, uh, needs to get a job. He's never had a job in his life. But really, he just wants enough money to go to the carnival. <laughs> and so he goes to the carnival and he's really good at like ball toss or like toss the ball in the bucket. Right. And so they drag him out back because they think he's cheating somehow, <laughs> a la a casino. Right. It's it's very funny and television. Do they beat him up? Yeah. Every episode of Cavendish seems to involve an angry mob. Right. Okay. <laughs> this is so good. It's I, a very good show. It's I, very weird. I know. I'm I'm super on board with it. I actually saw the trailer just when I was at my parents' house for dinner the other day, and it came on. And yeah, everything looked so crazy. Like yeah. everything goes to 100. I think it's doing well. I think I kind of get the impression that people like it. Yeah. Other than that person on on Amazon or whatever yes. it was who gave it that awful review. All righty, there's going to be a live action Hot Wheels movie. Okay. How is that going to be any different from just like Fast and Cars. the Furious or, or yeah, or, or live action, live action. Right. like any old movie about drag racing, except right. it's going to have really bizarre looking cars. Need for Speed tried to do the same thing too. Remember with Aaron Paul? Aaron Paul? Oh yeah. This is like his first thing out of Breaking Bad and they're like Need for Speed, like the video game thing. It didn't work out. I don't think Hot Wheels will work out either. I don't think so either. And how many times have like toy movies worked out? I know they've got Margot Robbie playing Barbie and because Man. she's like considered important, yeah. that might actually do something. And it has to be pretty self-aware too. It has pretty like, it's got to be self-referential. Right. Hot Wheels, is that going to be ironic? Is it going to be meta or is it going to be a stupid Fast and the Furious ripoff? No, I don't think it can really be meta. Like it depends who the cast is for. Once I see the cast, I'll buy in. Rihanna. Is she actually in it? No, but she's uh, been in other Mattel product movies. Yeah, no, I, do, I still am not on board. We went to... Uh, Wait, was she in a Transformers movie? No, she was in Battleship. <laughs> okay, Remember? that didn't work out either. We went to Brightwood Brewing where they have some board games on yeah, Saturday night. Yeah, And we played okay. Guess Who. Remember Guess Who? Yeah. Little, th- like 30 little face flaps. Yeah. Um, 
arguably a problematic game, but really that's the onus is on you to not make it about right. race. Or about race. Exactly. And so we devised a more intricate way of playing, not more intricate, just a more creative way of playing where we wouldn't ask such superficial questions as like, do you have bushy eyebrows? Do you wear glasses? Are you bald? Mm-hmm. Are you male? We would ask like, do you believe in God? Right. Do you have a favorite member of broken social scene? Right. Have you ever been to Bonnaroo? My my friend famously asked, does your character look like he has a kind soul? Yeah, exactly. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. This person spent a lot of time in the garden. Right. Yeah. And pretty pretty much invariably, we were able to narrow you it down to the same it. person. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And you, But the other person has to be honest about it too, right? Well, yes, of course. Yeah. I, th- I kind of think of it as a cooperative game. Yeah, I guess it is. You're like, ah, he's definitely a gardener. Right. So uh, you're you're never in a point where you're like, what? He doesn't look like he'd be in a garden to me. I think we had a little bit of that. Because, yeah, one of them was, uh, did your person vote for Trump? And we disagreed over whether or not this person voted for Trump. Oh, uh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, um, so there's this Ted Bundy documentary. Yeah, people are really losing their minds about people it. People are really thirsty about serial killers right now. Yeah, I, I heard there's a lot of talk about how handsome Ted Bundy is. He is handsome. Okay. That's the thing about Ted Bundy. It's not news that he was handsome, though. Like, that was kind of always the thing about Ted Bundy. He was the handsome serial is killer. He does the most vile and heinous things a person could be capable of, I guess, if they're even capable of them. Right. Unimagine. I did some reading on Ted Bundy yesterday. Mm-hmm. Indescribably horrific things he mm-hmm. did to, like, like 60 women. Like an yeah. unbelievable number of women. So many women, they don't even know. They don't even know when it started. Right. They're like, we don't even know when he started doing this. Right. But the weird thing is when he sat in court, he didn't look like any of these like uh, serial killers that you see in court nowadays. Yeah. He looked like, not like Zac Efron. Zac Efron's playing him in the movie. But like, that's not bad casting because he's handsome. handsome and guy. so people are like, oh, I wish Ted Bundy would would decapitate me oh my god and i think that i'm okay with the documentary because uh documentaries are supposed to uncover ugly things i I think i have an ethical problem with the zach efron movie right because it's almost it's glamorizing it well and who he represents as the as the protagonist zach efron represents disney and that shouldn't preclude him from getting to play interesting characters he's actually a great actor Mm -hmm. but there's just something ugly to me about them being like Zach's handsome. Let's get him to play Ted Bundy. And then people won't be so averse to this complicated protagonist. A la Penn Badgley in you. Right. Well, the studio almost shouldn't make a movie about a handsome serial killer in the first place because True. it's that's just the problem that's going to happen. Well, especially a real person whose victims still have living family members. Yeah, why don't they just do something kind of based on him? Well, that's the thing. Like, if, if if my sister was a Ted Bundy victim, I'd be like, fuck all of you people. <laughs> right. Like, who is the person at the core of it saying, I think it's really important to tell Ted's story? <laughs> yeah, but make sure he's as handsome as possible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, like, e- the, even the fact that I think it's really important to tell Ted's story is insane. Yeah, I think so. Why too. do we need to retell this? I don't think we need it. Yeah. And I even have And a if you're going with, to like, retell it, make it a documentary, which they're doing. Right? I have a problem with like making a murder and everything too. And true crime in general is a genre. I realize it's huge, so I must be missing something here. But I have like an ethical problem with the exploitation of this person, whether you're creating empathy for this character or not, we are putting this naive person who's been victimized, maybe, mm-hmm. 
on a pedestal to be scrutinized over the water cooler from the comfort of our offices. Yeah. And it feels ugly to me. Sarah Koenig, you're like, she's a horrible person. Sarah Koenig. You might find it hard to believe. I know. (laughs) Seems like a crazy idea. Where is she now? Probably still working for Ira. I think so. Probably. Ira. Now there's a guy who there's a scumbag there's a scumbag there's a guy who could only be i like i don't understand why fred armison doesn't have a comedy show where he plays an ira glass <laughs> type character because you does. know his voice could just i think he does guy. do an ira glass does he yeah yeah and by the way i love ira glass and i think i think he's good too and i think this is american life is maybe the best piece of audio produced on earth every there's, week they've, they've got a lot of good content there. yeah they're spectacular but he's also a caricature yes and He's like very good buddies with Mike Birbiglia. Oh yeah, I think a lot of work together. Yeah, Stephen King's The Stand is going to be a TV series. They really like to make mini series out of Stephen King stuff. Right. I heard The Stand was one of the better ones. Now I always thought one of his most iconic for sure. I always thought The Stand was a legal drama Mm. that for some reason. I totally get it confused with one of the major, the firm. I get it confused the with the firm. You're right. You're totally, I yeah. always confuse those two as well. This is a movie about the apocalypse or a, a book oh. about the apocalypse. Okay. Yeah. I don't know anything. Is it about like taking a stand? It, it's like the end of days. And yeah, I think there's a bunch of different, um, different types of people out there. You right. know, like you got your, your renegades, you got your kind of more hot, like morally, uh, ethical people. And okay. then you have these kind of like criminals that are just like, I'm going to steal like anarchists around me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of the more essential Stephen Kings. It's like, um, what was the movie with, um, was it Viggo Mortensen? No, Liam Neeson. <laughs> was it actually? No, I don't know. Oh I don't know what God. You're talking about. <laughs> Cause it actually might be Liam Neeson. Um, it, it was, a it was a, like an apocalyptic, the road. Oh, that was Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cormac McCarthy. Yes. I, I never read or saw it. I had to read The Road by Cormac McCarthy in one of my few classes at Dalhousie. Yep. Uh, and I also had to read The English Patient, and I hated them both so much. Really? I hated you didn't them like both. Michael and Dace. This, yeah, it was Michael and Dace. They, uh, this was the only class I was enjoying at Dal. Mm-hmm. The first semester I hated. Second yeah. semester I still hated. Right. And this one class I was like, well, at least I got that. I, I don't even remember what it was called. At least I got that class coming up. I like that one. I, and then I struggled through these two awful books. Right. And then I wrote a paper. It was like one of those write about whatever you want. Because it was a creative writing class. Write about whatever you want. I was going to say, why didn't you like major in creative writing? Because. Weren't you in like sciences? I was in environmental sustainability. <laughs> I called it tree class. I was so lost. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I was but so it, lost. It just seems so clear what your interests are now. Do you ever consider like going back and you know yeah doing uh creative writing or or Um, i don't know sort of like a i don't know like not to like to pursue it professionally necessarily like i I write stuff all the time maybe that's the thing that you don't want to become your yeah no i don't necessarily feel that way if i could write for a living that would be the greatest thing ever you think so okay yeah but that's i'm not at that stage in my life i enjoy i enjoyed parts of this class and when i got this opportunity to write about whatever i wanted I wrote a paper about uh, the history of late night television and I got a D on it. And that was when I was like, fuck it all. Yeah. I'm done. Because like you put so much work I, into I, it. Finally, you knew I, it. Finally, I had an assignment that I could kind of align with. I was yeah. like, all right, 
here's where I, here's my one moment to shine all year. Yeah. And I tried really hard. Yeah. And I got a D. Want to know what's funny is I did the same things. I, we did, we were able to do a public speaking thing on whatever we wanted. Right. And I ended up doing it on Saturday Night Live. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I did, I think I got like an A. That's smart because there's so much content there and you really should pick something you're interested in, passionate about. Totally. I did the same thing with like, I related, uh, uh, communications theory to certain artists i picked like five artists that i was able to like musical artists okay i think i'd like lady gaga and radiohead and like did you ever did you ever do that assignment it's typically a high school assignment where you have to pick like a popular song and then yes we had we had to take like 10 of them or something like a poetic analysis yeah what songs did you do i remember i did um one by metallica Okay. That was one of them. Good one. Because, yeah, that that's a deep one, right? Yep. That's the one that stands out to me. I can't really think of any other one. I did Piano Man. Okay, that's great. That was That's kind of on the nose. Like, there's definitely great lyrics in it, but it's not that um, mysterious. No, it's, it's pretty clear what the song's about, but it is such a good story. Oh, it's such a good story. And then I did He Ain't Heavy by The Hollies. <laughs> okay, song? yeah. And that he, is a good song. Yeah. And I nailed that assignment. Nice. That was when I peaked. Yeah. I, know. I, did, I always <laughs> did great in English classes, and everyone always thought it was too much work. And I was High like, school oh, English was a dream. It was so fun. It was so good. The trick was to take advanced classes because it wasn't harder. No. You just had better classmates. Can I tell you, I never took advanced classes, but I, I appreciate that wisdom. And I would now. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, Matt, not smart enough. Well, we were talking yesterday, Becky and I, about... Man, we're tangenty tonight. Yeah, you're <laughs> we're right. really all over it. Uh, Becky and I were talking about the books that we had to read in school mm-hmm. and the ones that were good because it surprises you when you come across a good one. I think the first example, like outside of elementary school where they read you like Harry Potter or whatever, mm-hmm. like in junior high, reading The Outsiders was the first time we had to read a book that seemed like it was going to be boring and then it was awesome. Right. Uh, and then in high school, I did not get the opportunity to read a lot of novels that like really jumped off the page we did some good shakespeare's but like some classes were reading to kill a mockingbird right. and then we were reading the old man in the sea and i got the short end of that stick yeah you weren't feeling the old man in the sea no yeah i haven't read it i'm reading uh, a graphic novel version of to kill a mockingbird right now neat with artwork by fred fordham i've never read to kill a mockingbird so it's my introductory experience with this story i'm almost done i think i might have done that in my in my free time read to kill a mockingbird or maybe I did it for, uh, maybe I did it in grade 11 English. It's very good. It's a good, great book. It's very good. It's a pretty good book. Hot take. Here's, here's the weird, the craziest thing. I did not understand it when Bill Simmons had Aaron Sorkin on mm. and he said he's doing a play of To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes. I'm like, you're a famous writer. What He's like, I don't want to spoil the twist like, I don't want to spoil how it's done. What, is well, it taking place in, like, modern day? No, I don't know. I haven't seen it. He he did write the new uh, To Kill a Mockingbird Broadway show with Jeff Daniels. Right. I don't know, but from what I can glean with his many interviews about this, and Aaron just kind of repeats the same answers over yeah. and over again, he talks about how uh, when he first wrote the first draft, it was just uh, a stood-up version of the novel. Okay. And that... Uh, whoever the producer was, I forget who, uh, told him, no, we want to be a little bit more compelling than that. This is anybody could have written this. And he agreed that it was kind of underwhelming. And then he struggled with how to make the protagonist, uh, Atticus Finch, um, uh, complicated. 
where okay. where his flaws were because how can a character be interesting how on earth did harper lee create an interesting protagonist who doesn't have any flaws and then it occurred to him that atticus is not the protagonist scout is and i mean i've never read the original novel i'm reading this graphic novel which is beautifully done oh, you've still never read the original novel no i told you right now i'm being introduced to the story this is your introduction i've got like 12 okay. pages left right I'm reading it now. There is no confusing who the protagonist is. Atticus Finch is barely in it, in fact, other than in the courtroom. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he's not the protagonist. So I'm wondering if, especially since they got a movie star to play him, I'm wondering if it is the same story seen through Atticus rather than through Scout. And so there might be a twist involving that. Yeah, okay. I see. But that's that's uh, that's a prediction. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm I can't I don't forget the story. Like I understand the broad strokes of it, but I totally know what you mean about Scout being the main She's the narrator. Character. She's in all the scenes. Yeah, right. Right, right, right. So uh <laughs> I won't disagree with that. Ted Bundy. <laughs> Back to Ted. Netflix had to put out uh, a tweet being like, Stop tweeting about your Ted Bundy thirst. It's horrible. Okay, nice. Don't do it. And then... And that must have stopped people. Well, I, I didn't know about this, but there's this other online community called Venom Fuckers. <laughs> they're, they're real... They, they, they call That was our second name for the podcast. You're right, I can't believe yeah, that they... I know. We should have gone with it. <laughs> so this group never would have existed. They call themselves that, and they stan Venom, the... Villain with the goopy face and the fangs from Spider-Man who Tom Hardy played last year. Right. They are sexually attracted to Venom. And so in many blogs about the 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 problems with uh, being thirsty for Ted Bundy, people are referencing Venom fuckers. <laughs> okay. And so Venom fuckers are now... It's becoming synonymous with anyone who's which, thirsty which, for villains. Which Venom fuckers resent. They're like, that's not the same. That's he was a real person who killed real people, which is weirdly a good point. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> like, we are, we've got the moral high ground on that's this one. That's an incredibly rational, logical thing for you to say, Venom fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> good point from the Venom fuckers on that one. So they're kind of these two communities at war right now. And all I can resolve is that Netflix and chill isn't as fun as it used to be. <laughs> no, it's fraught with issues that's constantly. Right. I found that kind of entertaining. Uh, Cal Penn is going to star in the new Mike Schur sitcom at NBC. Mike Schur is getting a little overloaded, I think. He's got too many things on the go. Yeah. But I like Cal Penn. I like Cal Penn, too. I, uh, I'm, uh, this has me at a loss for words. I was hoping he was just going to focus on The Good Place until it was done. But now he's starting another project. I think this is what showrunners do. They have an idea, and then they get it off the ground, and then they move along. Yeah. But I think he wants to see it through to the end. Like my understanding is, the good place has a a finite ending in what is it five seasons? He's doing another show though with uh, the gal who played one of Tom's girlfriends on Parks and Recreation. I forget her name. Uh, she played Lucy on Parks and Rec. She's going to be the lead character in Mike Schur's other new show, and she plays like a bartender. And it's all NBC. All these sitcoms on NBC. Wow. Brooklyn Nine Nine is his. Yep. He's supposed to be made of money. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Peter Jackson is going to direct the new Beatles documentary. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. When I saw that Peter Jackson was going to make a Beatles movie, I got excited that it was going to be like the new definitive Beatles biopic. Right. Because there isn't a good one. <laughs> it was close to being uh, The Own Eaters. Yeah. What was that one called again? Uh, that Thing You Do. That Thing You Do. But Tom Hanks directed that. I know. I'm just joking. Um, 
Peter Jackson is going to do a documentary. It's called Let It Be. Mm. The consensus online is that it should be called. Oh, Lord of the Lord of the Ringos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Lord God, of the Ringos. That should have been called that. That's so rough. Missed opportunity. On February 5th. <laughs> like there's multiple Ringos. <laughs> That's the biggest issue I have with it. Look, everybody everybody who wasn't Paul or John was a Ringo. Yeah. <laughs> and whoever the Lord was, you'll have to wait until the end <laughs> to find out. <laughs> who owned Ringos? <laughs> we'll it's really just out. a guardianship drama. Yeah. <laughs> um, he did that uh, word documentary called They Shall Not Grow Old, which I really want to see. Oh, that's Peter Jackson. Yeah. He colorized like parts of... That comes out this week and it has like 98% of Rotten Tomatoes. It's supposed to be incredible. It was on BBC already, I think. I'm sure you could find find it around, but yeah. where does it come out? Like you could buy the DVD or... No, iTunes? I think it's coming to theaters. Oh, really? I mean, I could be wrong, but that's that was my understanding. Could be. It's on RT opening this week. No way. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Yeah. There's going to be a, a novel, a prequel novel of Stranger Things. Okay. It comes out on February 5th. It comes out like next week. Okay. It's called Suspicious Minds. It is a prequel that I think focuses on Eleven's origin story. I think we're going to learn a little <laughs> bit about Eleven's mom, who's like catatonic, remember? that's a, This is a missed opportunity because it should have just been called Strange Things. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and then the postquel. Yeah. Stranger Things. You're absolutely right. And then part three strangest exactly yeah right god why doesn't a mark or just hires? i guess the original thing should just be called things things <laughs> which would be the most boring of yeah, them all not a great title i would just be like huh that guy acted a bit weird he's can, probably up to something can you think of a single book that should not be called things that like things would not work as the title things there's definitely a book called things but god only knows what it's about it's probably a kid's book it's probably not good yeah. You want to talk about shows? Let's do it. It's your turn to go first. Oh, God. Um, I, I'm going to do Escape from Danamora. Okay, great. Uh, I'm going to put you on the clock. You can go on go. This is uh, Ben Stiller's, I think it's on Showtime, seven-part miniseries, episode one, about a real escape mm-hmm. of a prison in like upstate New York. Escape <laughs> from Danamora. Okay. I'm going, to, I'm going to use uh, this person's character. Rather than use actor names, uh, yeah. Rather than character names, that's fine. Okay, Okay, great. You can go on go in three, two, one, go. Okay, so Patricia Arquette is. You learn she's an inmate in jail. She used to work in the jail as uh, uh, kind of one of the guards who was working in an industrial facility. She had this guy meat sweats (laughs) is what I was calling him, right? And she was having sex with him. Uh, So she's in jail. You think maybe it's for that. Plot twist, um, it's actually because some of the people escaped and they think it's her. Benicio Del Toro is also in it. He's a guy who can get anything. That's 30 seconds. Um, I know that it was an hour-long show, so obviously I missed some stuff. I mean, that's a good point. He is the guy who can get anything, as there is in any prison drama. Yeah. He's a little scarier than Red. Totally. He's, He's... uh, he intimidates, I think, all of the guards more than anyone else yep. because of his power. He, uh, he's closer with all of the guards. He's got one guard who's like seems to be his friend. Yeah, and he like has he's a painter, and his this guard lets him have paints in his cell because he's painted this really nice portrait of the guard's wife. Yeah, so he's ingratiating himself with all the right people, and he's buddies with Paul Dano. Yeah, inmate Sweat. Oh, that's Paul Dano. Yeah. What else has Paul Dano been in? 
Uh, he played Brian Wilson in Love and Mercy. He was in Little Miss Sunshine. Okay. Ruby Sparks. He's very a very good actor. Right. But he he bulked up for this. He bulked up and g- grew a gross goatee. Gross and goatee. Looks crazy. Benicio is. Uh, he, he. I can understand what he's saying better than I sometimes can. He's got like he. He's basically playing like an American dude. Yeah. And he's inmate Matt. Yep. Um. And Patricia Arquette. Can we talk about like her? physical transformation which yes. is like she won the golden globe she's gone in there man she's gone yes, she sure is yeah i can say like i was not a fan of her really in boyhood like i okay. found i i just had trouble really knowing the difference between her and boyhood and her in real life okay although i think she had like a pretty compelling performance like she, yeah, she i know i know it. that she went there and yep. she yeah but this one, she's like a totally different person. Oh and I God. can tell that. And she put on like 40 pounds, I guess. And she's wearing these like awful clothes. And like she's got this nasty hair. You, she looks like a real person. I hate to say this, but like we've all seen a person who looks like Tilly. Yeah. Did you think in the first scene that she had some serious uh, mental issues? Because I was yeah. not sure well, what was happening. Okay. She does. She yeah. super does. Well, um, yeah. But I mean, in the sense that like she's like a couple... Uh, a couple, yeah, you know, synapses short of a full person, right, right? Of a royal flush. Sorry, I said a full person. I shouldn't have said that. No, uh, you no, know I what hear I mean. You. I hear you. I yeah. know what you mean. She, well, interestingly, she, her transformation was so solid. She finished at hair and makeup, and then went to go chat with Benicio del Toro and Paul Dano, and they didn't recognize her and thought a crazy lady wandered on oh a set. Oh my god, that's unbelievable. I think she's probably in character trying to spook them or yeah, something yeah. too. But yeah, she's like. And she's like, I, I, I guess she's kind of a beautiful actress, like when she looks her normal way. Um, but she's like, I, I just couldn't get over it. I kept looking at her. And, and also the way she talks is wild. Yeah. Did you think it was kind of a twist? Because I started watching it thinking that it was, because it's Escape at Danamora. Right. Not Escape from Danamora. You're right. So I'm like, is this what guys are doing to find their escape? Is this like more of a love story? Well, Danamora is not the name of the prison. I don't think. No? No, it's like Clinton Correctional Facility or something. Oh, interesting. It was largely filmed at the actual place. where. where by the way, this all really happened in 2015. And it kind of feels longer ago. There's something dated about it, but they make a concerted effort to play songs that were on the radio in 2015. Yes. So like, she likes Nick Jonas, for example. <laughs> yeah. And she's like bobbing her head along with Nick Jonas. It's Nick yeah. Jonas and I love him. Yeah, that was very good, by the way. Thanks. And then there's the whole incredibly creepy, like already the weird sex she's having with inmate sweat in yeah. the in the tailor shop. That's already gross. And then the creepiest love scene I've ever seen in anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Jen and I were watching it. It's horrifying. Going like, oh, no. Yeah. No, this is getting so weird it was like a mother-son thing who's my little boy well did you notice that what shirt she was wearing when she went to the the history museum yeah you're right it said like proud mother of an air force uh, my son is a hero or something yeah so, so maybe there's there is she has a son it would, it would appear and maybe she, it's one of the pugs maybe that's what you're right maybe you're right and she has like a weird son fetish thing oh god that's with inmate sweat and so I I want to be careful because I know where this is going. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, because it all happened. So it's very right. hard, it's very so hard you, to read about this show without learning everything. I was happy I did not uh, read into it at all. 
to the point that it was a surprise, like watching, like when it panned back to her and Bonnie Hunt, and you learn that. So it's better for you that these three people escaped, right? And you learn that that's the reason that she's in jail because they think that she's the one who potentially let them out. Yeah, I think that's, that's what they're that's what they're trying to gun her yeah, for, for right. sure. I forgot it was Bonnie Hunt. Yeah, yeah, Jumanji. Right, of course, mm-hmm. Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Oh my God, that's so, we were trying to think of the movies she was in last night, and Jerry Maguire is a way better. Uh, it's way a more better more essential Bonnie Hunt. Uh-huh. Cheaper by the dozen, man. Cheaper by the dozen too. <laughs> I never saw it. Maybe. Yeah, that's okay. You're all right. I think she wasn't cheaper by the dozen. She was too. cheap, cheapest by the dozen. <laughs> 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 even even cheaper and cheapest <laughs> cheap by the dozen <laughs> yeah that's right things the the prequel to cheaper by the dozen would be <laughs> cheap by the dozen uh okay what else do we have here uh i thought the show had a lot of style i thought it was like i, I had like a lot of swagger the music choices were really good and not just the pop music but like when they do that bob dylan johnny cash song to transition yeah. while they're driving from home to the prison because that's yep. where they work I thought that was like the perfect song choice. Is that like the Highwaymen? Was Maybe he in the Highwaymen. Maybe yeah, it was just Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash. Yeah. I think. Okay. Uh, but it was perfect because it was like sad and it was kind of sleepy. Yeah. Every time I see one of these shows that's set in a small town, it reminds me of some of the time I've spent in small, small towns. towns. Yeah. And it kind of brings it to life for me. Yeah. I felt the same when we watched Castle Rock. Right. Yeah. It it really took its sweet ass time getting there, didn't it? It did. Like at the end of it. They're only just getting on to what the entire show's about. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciated that. The best line, she he had tried to shut off the sex. He didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And by the way, I wonder if like favors really are traded between uh, COs and prison inmates in prison. Like I, this is based on a true story. So I guess some of it is true. But like. I think so. This kind of implies that like there is a rapport where like favors are getting traded around all the time. Yeah. Not with everyone, but. Definitely with uh, with some. So inmate sweat tries to shut her down. He doesn't want to do it anymore because mm-hmm. it makes him feel weird. It's not even I think that he doesn't want to like have sex with her. I think he just like feels alienated. Totally. And so she tries to uh, entice him back uh, with a donut. Yes. And then he says the best line in the episode is keep your fucking donut and keep your fucking distance. Right. And I thought that was a great line. Yeah. I also loved how he was the one who was concerned about the productivity. He's like, we're really busy today. <laughs> Yeah, that's the, that's the other thing is like they're um, really well-behaved prisoners, aren't they? Well, yeah, so far. Right. I mean, like it's it's like, a, is it a high security prison? It's all, also yeah, like- they're a, all murderers. They're all murderers. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah that was learned, I think you learned that Paul Dano's a cop killer. Yeah. Or at least that's what they're calling him. I know all the stuff. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh this is a wild show. I I thought it was funny how labor intensive this jail was. I think that's a real thing though too. Yeah, I know. Like work facility prisons where they work for like 40 cents an hour. Right. And then they get their Wonder Bread and their 10 bags of Doritos. But it was interesting, it was an interesting choice how little violence there is in this cuz in almost every other prison show, they want to establish how gritty this culture is. I like that. Like it, with Oz or whatever. It wasn't like, hey, so we'll we'll put the prison rape scene in here. Right. You know. Well, in fact, they just have to establish that Benicio del Toro is the king. Yeah. Because he makes this other little new inmate kind of scared. Yeah. But just by talking to him. And the security guard's like, like, you can't do anything else. Right. He's like, okay, like he's not gonna have lunch tomorrow. 
That's that's his punishment. punishment that's it, enough. right? And then he's like, okay. Yeah. Kind of fully knowing that, like, frig, Benicio Del Toro could probably kill this guy tomorrow. They do a shakedown where, uh, and you see that in Shawshank Redemption too, where, like, they go around and they just, like, turn over people's bunks to see what kind of contraband they have. Mm-hmm. And so Benicio Del Toro gets the the scoop from his buddy, the CO yeah. and his buddy, the CO helps him hide his bucket of paints so that right. he doesn't get busted. And that's when Benicio discovers the little alley out into the boiler room or something, which could be an Avenue towards escape. Right. And he doesn't escape then and there, but it's first hinted at him being where he doesn't belong. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's like, Oh, this is interesting. There's kind of a hallway here. It looks, and then notices that there's a little vent behind the bed. Yeah. And asks his buddy if they moved his bed to see behind. Ben Stiller's a good director. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's very good. Uh, do you give it your S? I do. 100%. Me too. Me too. I got a little flack from my dad last week because we apparently didn't give S's. Right. We need to retroactively award some S's. So I don't give my S to sex education. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't have given my S to you after the first episode. Uh, I still maintain that it is irresponsible and ethically problematic for this show to exist for reasons we just discussed regarding ted bundy mm-hmm. uh but it is fictional i've watched the full season you, now you finished the last episode i can't tell you it's not a good show uh but i was right about everything wasn't i yeah <laughs> isn't that crazy yeah you were <laughs> i nailed it all you kind of nailed it all <laughs> and i don't give it my ass i can i can appreciate that too mm-hmm. it's it's only good because of him right. i will say that he's a good actor yeah it's not because the script is good He's a very, very scary actor. In Do you it. think season two can live up to season one? No, I think that's insane. That's where it yeah. ends. Maybe one of those seasons that should have just been six episodes in a movie. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> yeah. Six seasons in a movie. Six seasons in a movie. Thank yeah. God. All right. Uh, I guess I will recap the first episode of I Am the Night. Okay. Oh, boy. This is tough. This is the new Chris Pine, Patty Jenkins oh, wow. show. I've had a stopwatch going for 51 hours. So <laughs> 51 hours. Yeah. All right. <laughs> probably stop that <clears throat> and resetting it and okay are you ready in three two one go chris pine plays a disgraced former reporter for some kind of uh, established newspaper the la times or something yep. but for whatever reason now he works for kind of a slummy newspaper he's trying to get dirt on some uh surgeon guy who is apparently a very bad person meanwhile fauna lives with her mom who we discover is in fact her adoptive mother so she's been living her whole life thinking she's mixed race although she's got very light skin it turns out no she is completely white but was adopted by this uh black mother who is kind of exploiting her the time she's kind of she's not a very nice woman this this mother no basically she got a hundred dollars from the original mom to adopt the kid oh hell yeah right this is my kid now so she kind of resents the kid and fauna she's got she's friends with like lots of black kids and like she's kind of like in the black community this is the 60s we should clarify and like southern it's in california nevada Uh, i think oh i guess it is yeah Yeah, it is you're right um and uh she's got a a a black boyfriend. She's kind of a part of that community. She's kind of a person without a culture when she discovers she's got this living grandfather in LA or whatever. Right. Uh, and she wants to know a little bit about him. She calls him. He seems like a nice enough guy. Mm-hmm. Come visit me. So well, they, he seems kind of creepy on the phone call, doesn't he? I guess like, so. Oh, that's very good that you haven't contacted your mother. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. And you know, that was kind of a weird vibe. And so she... She gets a bus ticket mm-hmm. to go to go see him, to yep. meet him. 
and while she's sitting waiting for the bus, she talks to this older gentleman at the bus mm-hmm. who, who sounds exactly like the guy on the phone. I didn't put it together. You didn't? It's him. It's her grandfather. Yeah. But I didn't until they actually showed her grandfather at the He's end like, of the He's like, where are you going? <laughs> yeah. And in the meantime, after she's done talking to this guy, mm-hmm. she gets a phone call from her grandmother, right? right? And it's basically like, don't come here. No, she she's trying to call the house. Right. And ends up getting through after call, after call, after call, ends up getting through the grandmother. And the grandmother's like, don't come here. She's pretty drunk. The grandfather is a very horrible, bad person. Yes. Don't come here. Yeah. And then it kind of ends with this very dramatic, like a very stark shift in visual tone. Yeah. Like we've been looking at essentially to kill a mockingbird for an hour and 15 minutes. And then suddenly we're in this like ritzy mansion where everybody's wearing these weird gothic Almost masks. Almost like eyes wide shut in yeah. the 60s this kind like of thing. This like haunting kind of uh, Paul Thomas Anderson dinner party yeah. uh, in presumably the grandfather's house. Yeah. And this is where she's going. And what we haven't been uh, introduced to yet is that this show is leading up towards uh, uh, the Black Dahlia murder. Right. Is it is it leading up toward the Black Dahlia murder? I I mean I don't know. I, I think I think the the Black Dahlia murder happened already, mm. and he was accused of because oh. the Black Dahlia murder I think happened in 1947. Okay, and I think the whole thing it's referencing is that Chris Pine in 1947 kind of blew accused, the story wide open. Yeah. but some stories don't want to be told. That's right. I bet you're right. That is what it is. Yeah, because I Wikipedia'd it after the fact, and I was like, well, that would have been before. Now, weirdly, we still don't know who committed the... I know, and that's kind of a spoiler on the whole thing, isn't it? Like, I, well, we know that at the end of it, it's not going to be... No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think necessarily... Did you ever see the movie From Hell with Johnny Depp? No. In that, you find out who Jack the Ripper is. Oh, really? Okay. Like, so it could just be a fictional thing. Like, sure. At the end, certainly the police aren't going to know who killed the Black Dahlia. Right. But maybe the grandfather did, or maybe right. not. And we know that that she, her character was a real person. Fauna was a real person. Fauna, Fauna Hodrin? Fauna Hodel. Hodel. Uh, I thought she was really good. She was really She's good. She's 26, by the way, playing a high what? schooler. Yeah. Whoa. Jen was obsessed with that girl. Just because she was compelling? She No, because she was absolutely amazingly beautiful. She was beautiful. She Jen goes, oh my God, she's just so pretty. Like, I can't get over it. She was beautiful. She was 26. And I said she to her- She looks way younger than that. I said to her during that, I was like, hmm, you think she'll ever marry a prince? <laughs> <laughs> not where she's headed. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> not in this universe. Not, anyway. yeah, not in this uh, era. Speaking of princes, uh, Chris Pine is a psycho in this. Yeah, he was good. He's good, but he's like crazy in it. He is crazy. I I liked him. I think he's got really good acting chops. Which is weird because we don't really think of him as like a great thespian, just a a charming screen actor. We just don't hear enough about Chris Pine. Like his his life is so private. He's not one of those guys that's out there. He's entitled to that. Doing stuff. Oh, 100%. But what I'm saying is it would be so weird if he was nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah. But I think he has it in him. Totally. It's just he doesn't seem like he's in the circle of like the great actors of his generation. Yeah. It almost makes me wonder if he's a jerk. Like, is there something around Hollywood where it's I like, don't think I don't think that's right at all. I think no. he's actually known for being lovely. For being a really nice guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I believe that too. I, like, I, I don't know how to feel about Chris Pine. Well, and Patty Jenkins obviously likes working with him because they made Wonder Woman together. Yeah. And I was thinking a little bit about like television, 
period pieces like this are very expensive to make. Yeah, they they're sure. they're incredibly expensive to to redesign mm -hmm. whole streetscapes yeah. to suit another era. And that's why you don't see them in television a lot. You see them in movies and mm -hmm. you see them on like HBO. Yeah. But you don't see them on cable TV very often. Right. Uh, and I think if there's a director who can get the budget for it, it's somebody who made Wonder Woman look so awesome. Right. And she's behind all of this? Yeah. Patty Jenkins. Yeah. Okay. She's terrific. And this is like a TNT show, isn't it? Right. That's true. It's it's basic cable. It's, yeah. not, it's not like on ABC or whatever. It was a really good show. I don't think I'm going... I'd give it my ass. Me too. I don't think I'm going to follow up on it just because i well that the end really draws you in yeah it does i'm gonna watch one more and i'll let you know sure keep me posted um i, I read i thought this was really interesting uh it is based on like some uh investigative research about fauna hodel okay uh the the tv show was originally developed with the title one day she'll darken Oh. And I love that title. Interesting. Like, it drives me... I don't know the full story, yeah. but it drives me crazy that they changed the title from One Day She'll Darken to the, the, to to I Am, I the, am Night. the Night. Yeah. I Am the Night sounds like a, a Batman spinoff. It reminds me of Batman. Yeah. One Day She'll Darken is cool. Don't you think that Chris Pine um, went very quickly from being out of cocaine to, like, basically attempting suicide? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, he's a little erratic. He is erratic, and he's a former Navy SEAL. He was in Korea. Oh, you know what? You there. know what the best line of this episode was when he snuck into the hospital to get pictures of the cadavers. Yes, and then he heard people coming, and then he hides in the cadaver locker. Yeah, and they pull him out of the drawer, and he's laughing, and he goes, "Doctor, I feel much better." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the best line of the episode. Yeah, he's pretty likable in it. He, but he's crazy. He's cra Yeah, crazy likable. And he he um he meets some old uh. I don't know, supervisor of his or some old like colleague of his at a bar. Yeah, right. And then there's another guy there and he kind of like scares Just the goes other off. Guy. Well, he's like coked up too, you know? You're like, right. He's, he's just up. like, oh, you want to go for it? You want to do this? What You're does he right. say? He's like, you, you want to you dance? You want me to drop you off at school or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Butcher the, that kind of uh, vocab happening. The other psychotic thing was when the adoptive mother, uh, Fauna's... Uh, Black mother. Oh my God. I know exactly where you're going here. Pretends to, she fakes her death. Yeah. Just so Fauna will know what it's like to have somebody you love torn away from you. And like calls the, the uh, doctor's office that she yeah. works at. And Fauna runs home heartbroken and her mom is like drinking iced tea with the neighbors. And she's oh, like, yeah. I just wanted you to know how it would feel. But drinking like Long Island iced tea. Yeah. What a crazy. <laughs> yeah. Just smoking darts and. Yeah. Breaking hearts. Literally. Yeah, I think so. Um, I loved it. I thought it was really good. I, I would never want to watch it alone again. No? No. It was traveling for you? It was kind of like, it was just, it was. Yeah, it I was, know what you mean. It just felt ugly. Oh, what was the, the opening scene where he's on the beach and he's like trying to get photos of somebody on like some kind of veranda yeah, at some he, beach he's house? he's essentially like, um, a, paparazzi? like a paparazzi. Yeah. I feel like when he walks away from the girl who's chasing him and she's like, no, don't, you can't, it'll ruin me. I think she's supposed to be like a famous actress. Yeah. And he says, well, you know, you have like the bad luck or whatever of being a somebody and I'm a nobody. The other mm -hmm. piece of dialogue I really liked came from the awful adoptive mother uh, who uh, didn't love Fauna at all. I just really thought this was a good monologue. She said, I was supposed to be Lena Horn. God damn it. Uh, Sammy Davis heard me sing. I had a meeting at Capitol Records. I had the dress on, but I chose you. Right. I just thought that was a really good yeah. paragraph. The dress was on. I had the dress on. 
I, I chose you. I don't even think she did choose her. Well, she chose a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. But did she really turn anything else down? <laughs> Do we know that happened? I think she was just kind of in a drunken stupor. She didn't turn down that iced tea. That's for sure. Didn't turn down that iced tea. Good show. Give it my ass. I get both shows my ass. Yeah. Both were a uh, good week. Both are these limited series based on real events. Yeah. Based on true stories. I was going to uh, say that too. Both good hour long, probably only one season. Could you call either of these shows things? Mm. Are, is there any part of the show? And there, I know the answer to this already. Could Venom fuckers be attracted <laughs> to either of these uh, shows or the villains in them? I think I think Venom fuckers would be into the grandfather in yeah. his weird like. Uh, <laughs> I think so for sure, and I think his also weird V for Vendetta mask. At I the think end. also Benicio del Toro. Yeah, I guess so. Like he's a murderer. He's like badass. He looks weird, but some people would be like. I don't think it's that weird to be attracted to Benicio Del Toro in this. Like, I mean, we don't really know yet. No, you're right. Narratively, we don't know what he's done wrong. We just know he paints beautifully. He he seems okay. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's cause for attraction in this. He's not just an insane person. It's coming. He's he's helping another guy, like, draw. He's like, listen, you got Oh, that's nice. Yeah. When he's teaching him light perspective. That's a a good scene. And he says, like, don't do that. Don't. Don't make a mistake and try to play it off like it's... It was intentional. Like, yeah. If you want to go disco later, go disco. I <laughs> learn the that. basics, then yeah, go disco. Learn the basics, then go disco. That's yeah. great advice for someone starting any new hobby. It is. Learn the basics, then go yeah. disco. I'm I'm applying that to guitar now. Very good. How's guitar coming? It's great. What are you playing? Uh, I'm really getting into like uh, blues licks. Okay. Because I'm just realizing how... how um, kind of precise and not precise you have to be in that and how there's a, a bunch of different phrases that you can learn yeah like, and then like multiple bends and kind of like you're very quickly going to be better than me man that that would be a dream for me <laughs> <laughs> just as long as i'm better than sweet so then i can quit <laughs> once I, that's I when wanna, i'll i just want to bury colin that's when i'll quit and i'll start going <laughs> disco <laughs> Uh, and they'll take up creative writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just try to excel. Um, the, no, honestly, I would I would be thrilled if I was as proficient proficient as you at guitar. I welcome it, man. Mm-hmm. We <laughs> Learn the j- basics. If we, could, if we could jam. Then go disco. Then go disco. We can jam anytime you want. The first image from Bad Boys 3 came out. It's just a picture of the two of them, including Will Smith. So he's going to be in it. So he is in it. I guess. I was very lost on the whole thing. Who, is, who are the two main people again? Is it Martin Lawrence? Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Well, yeah, Martin. Those are the two original main people. Yeah, Martin they're the Lawrence guys. And Will Smith. They're the guys. Yeah. Bad Boys 3. <laughs> Bad Boys well, 3. to be fair, if you could get Will Smith, you're not going to get Martin Lawrence. Is Martin Lawrence going to go, nah. Oh, man. I'm artistically too uh, advanced for this now. Yeah. Yeah, no. You're I above it? I don't think Martin Lawrence is. So here's my Bad Boys 2 is hilarious, by the way. Can you trust Martin Lawrence? Could you ever trust Martin Lawrence? I say tentatively trust Martin Lawrence, although he made a bad call trusting Will Smith three times. Yeah. Fool me three times. Three times. <laughs> we got Bad Boys 3. That's right. Never trust Martin Lawrence. And never trust Will Smith. <laughs>